presenting the transcription feature, Superman. And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, in our last episode, Clark Kent, as Superman, solved the mystery of the vanished freight car by discovering where the gang had hidden it within a cave near the railroad tracks. Then, by a clever scheme... He lured the boss of the gang to the hideout. In the meantime, another train carrying $2 million in gold, on which Jimmy Olsen was riding, is approaching Rainbow Bridge, which will be blown up as the train passes over it so that the boss can hijack its valuable cargo. Superman knows this and believes he has plenty of time to avert the disaster. But he does not know that the train left an hour earlier, and even now is only a few minutes from Rainbow Bridge. As our story opens, we find Superman in the cave with the Desperados waiting for the arrival of the boss whom none of them has ever seen. The suspense is getting me. And you're right. I've never laid eyes on the boss. And when I do it, it's going to be a shock. Yes. No one has ever seen the boss, eh? No, no. Well, we'll soon... There he is now. Oh, gosh, I'm nervous. Is that the signal? Yeah. Good. Now to see who the boss really is. Bill, open that door. I said open it. Okay. Well, Bill, here I am. What's wrong? What's happened? Well, don't stand there with your mouth open. Are you the boss? Well, you're original Van Doren. You're the president of the Metropolis National Bank. Now listen to me, you men. Kept my identity a secret for a long time. Hmm. Pretty clever, robbing your own Listen man. to me, I said. You've all had an easy time of it working for me. You've had little to do, and the pay has been good. If one of you ever breathes a word of this, if you ever give me away... You've done that, Van Doren. What are you talking about? That guy in the masquerade costume standing over there to the side has heard every word you said. That's right, Mr. Van Doren. What? Who is this man? Why is he dressed like that? What's he doing here? Listen, boss, whoever he is, take it easy. The ten of us hopped on him and he beat the pants off us. Even bullets don't hurt him. He's the guy that made a trick into coming here. Trick me into... Bill, you mean to say nothing is wrong? That this has all been a trick to lure me here? Well, you, you see, we was all waiting around I'll here for the... that. Uh... Yes, Van Doren, it was a trick. Nothing more than that. I had to make your men pretend something had happened to the five million dollars in that freight car to make you come here and reveal your identity. Well... They say in detective stories, the game is up. There's something familiar about you. I'm hanged if I know what it is. Who are you, anyway? That doesn't matter. What does matter is putting you and this gang of yours behind bars where you belong. After that, I'll see that the five million dollars is restored to the depositors of your bank. Oh, you will. You think you... Wait a minute. I haven't time to argue with you now. It's almost six o'clock. There's a train leaving Larimer in ten minutes carrying another two million in gold. Oh, out of it. And I understand you plan to blow up Rainbow Bridge when that train passes over it. How can I blow up the bridge if my men and I are here? You can't fool me that way, Van Doren. I happen to know how you've arranged it. When the locomotive reaches the other side of that bridge, it will trip a lever, which will then explode the dynamite you've planted under the bridge. Very well. You know how it'll be done. But you won't save the train. What do you mean? 
Put that gun away, boss. Who do you know good against this guy? We even tried Tommy guns on him. I'm not going to use it on him. Hey, what are you talking about, boss? That corner over there. There are about ten boxes of dynamite piled on top of each other. Sure, sure. We had that left over after we finished blasting out this cake. We had this, uh... uh hey, wait, wait a minute now. A long time know? ago, I made up my mind that if I were ever caught, I'd take the easiest way out rather than face the music. I wouldn't do any bluffing, Van Doren, because I'll call your bluff. I'm not bluffing. Either you let me walk out of here safely and unharmed, I'll blow us all the kingdom come by sending a bullet into that dynamite. Oh, he means that he means to blow us all. Give me that gun, Van Doren. One more step. Just take one more. No, no, no. All right. You're up. All right. What happened? Holy mackerel, did you see that? Well, all I seen was a, a streak, and then that guy was standing there in front of the dynamite table. Yes. And here, Van Doren, is the bullet you just fired. I know who that guy is now. He's Superman. You've gone very white, Van Doren. You're trembling. Perhaps you realize now there is nothing you can do to help yourself. Drop your gun, Van Doren, and give up quietly. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to leave you, but don't try to follow me. I'm going to barricade the entrance to this cave so you won't get out. But you can't leave us in here. We'll start the death. Oh, you won't be here that long. It shouldn't take more than an hour or two for the police to arrive. Leaving the cave, Superman blocks up the entrance to it and then speeds to Larimer, there to meet Jimmy Olsen and warn the railroad authorities that Rainbow Bridge will be blown up the minute a train passes over it. He arrives at Larimer and, in the guise of Clark Kent, Enters the station master's office. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, uh, two from Metropolis? That's right. Yes, sir. Here you are. Thank you. Oh, what can I do for you, sir? Well, what track does the six o'clock train from Metropolis leave on? Uh, six o'clock train from Metropolis? Yes. Oh, I guess you don't know. The schedule's been changed, sir. What? Uh, yes, sir. Six o'clock train, I'll leave now earlier at five. Oh, wait, now let me get this straight. The train I expected to leave here a few minutes from now. Left nearly an hour ago, is that right? Yeah, that's right, sir. There'll be another train from Metropolis in just about... Never mind. I've got to get out of here. Well, I wonder what he's so upset about. That goes, of course, you missed it. I'd only known. There I was, back at that cave, wasting time with Andorran. Have I time, I wonder? Can I reach that bridge before the train does? Well, this is another job for Superman. Up, up, and away! Crossing Rainbow Bridge at last. Ah, uh, well, you'd be looking at that view now, would you? Gee, it sure is keen. Look how high we are. How far down to the bottom of the canyon? Oh, a thousand feet or more. <laughs> Think of what had happened to you if you fell off. Oh, gee, don't say things like that. Just the thought of it makes me scared. Ah, uh, there's nothing to be scared of, laddie. Nearly to the other side. Just another minute for these calls. the train ahead. She's practically across. When the locomotive reaches the other side, the bridge supports at that end will be blown up. I've got to stop them before they reach it. Faster! Faster! I may make it by a split second. It's just possible I can... There's the explosion. The bridge is collapsing. Only one thing to do. I've got to hold up that bridge until the train passes over it. Now!
Dwight. It was terrific. We heard this explosion, and the bridge started to sway back and forth. Boy, I thought we were going over sure. Then suddenly the bridge stopped swaying, so you could feel it was kind of ripping. All right, all right, Jimmy. If you've told me once, you've told me a dozen times. Yeah, but you won't believe me about Superman. Of course I don't believe you. I tell you, I saw him. When we got the whole train safe on the other side, we got out. Then we saw the bridge start to fall. And I saw this man in a red cape and everything fly down into the valley. Nonsense. Sheer nonsense. You imagined it. Well, then, how do you account for those men? The men who were waiting in the valley to get the gold when the train crashed. How do you account for them being captured? When the police got there, they were all tied up inside the truck. They said they'd been captured by a guy wearing a red cape. They imagined it, too. Some imagination. How about Mr. Van Doren and the gang inside the cave? They said... I tell you, I'll not believe in such foolishness. Superman. Ah, super nonsense. All right, Chief. Hello, Jimmy. Well, Kent, a fine time for you to show up. Yes, oh, Mr. Kent, what happened to you? Why didn't you meet the train at Larimer? Well, What's I... the idea of letting this youngster make the trip alone? Oh, chief, We'd have was... had a fine story out of that bridge blowing up, Kent, if we'd had a reporter on the job. Oh, wait a minute, Mr. White. What was wrong with my story? Oh, wait a minute, everybody. I missed the plane, Chief, but I got another one out right away. Gosh, as it happened, the train schedule was changed. Yeah, that's right, Mr. White. We left an hour early. Yeah, sure. You two can cook up more alibis. You come into my office for a little. Well... That's where we get it, Mr. Kent. Yep, looks that way, Jimmy. Another balling out. Well, we've taken the others. I guess we can take this one. All right, come in here. Now sit down, both of you. All right. Now then, let's get one thing straight. From now on, there's going to be no more... No more... Gosh, Mr. White, what's wrong? What are you staring at at your desk? This... This pile of stones on my blotter. Well, I noticed those the minute I came in. <laughs> You're taking up geology or something? Look at those stones, Kent. Don't you see anything peculiar about them? Uh, yes. They've been sort of piled up into a queer kind of formation. Well, it's as if someone had spent some time arranging them. Someone did. That pile of stones is an Indian symbol. A warning of impending death. Jimmy, you sure that's the Indian sign of death? Positive. Oh, someone's playing a joke on you. Besides, what do you know about Indians? Hmm. More than you think. Hey, I must have a drink of water. Jimmy, hand me that water pitcher. Sure, Mr. White, I'll get it. Holy mackerel. Did you see that? The water pitcher. It shattered into a million pieces just as you reached for it. Well, what could have done that? The thing that did it is lying on the floor. Pick it up, Jimmy. Jeepers. Look what it is. Ken, do you... You see what that is? Yes, Mr. White. It's an arrow. What is the meaning of these strange occurrences in Editor White's office? Who placed the Indian warning of death on Editor White's desk? Who shot the arrow that shattered the water pitcher? What new adventure awaits our friends? Be sure to hear the next episode of our story with Superman. <laughs>
Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt, and this is the podcast that talks about the Superman Radio Show. This episode was the $5 million Gold Heist Part 8 and aired December 11th, 1940. So we had our exciting conclusion to the storyline. So I'm going to talk about the storyline as a whole. This episode, obviously, in particular, but I just wanted to say how we had two mysteries cleared up. Last episode, we learned that the simple, and I threw air quotes up for the simple, and I have to tell you that since you can't see, but the simple matter of how they took the $5 million freight car. So let me see if I got this straight. The train was chugging along, has to slow down for the steep curve. So the boss's crew, who are posing as brakemen, uncouple the cars in front and behind the $5 million freight car so that the cars in the front are going 10 miles an hour and the cars in the back behind are going like five miles an hour. And they get them separated enough that they are able to lay tracks down over the other tracks that lead into this cave. And then as the the brakemen are slowing down the front part of the train, and they remove those emergency tracks off before the rear car catches up so that it can roll down the hill at a faster speed and catch up with the front. And then they couple the cars again. And how they did that with the guard crew inside that train car, I don't know uh, how they did that without them knowing. Anyway, that doesn't sound very simple to me, but what a coup. So they got a $5 million freight car in there. That's one mystery we got cleared up. And the other mystery was in this episode, after making the boss worried that he was losing his cash or his money, and sent him scurrying over to find out what happened to his $5 million, we find out that the boss is Reginald Van Doren. Yes, our prestigious president of Metropolis National Bank is the boss. And he was one of the few people introduced in this storyline who was a front-runner, and I should have known better than to judge him on his name. So I will try to take that lesson. You can't judge anybody based on their name, even in a radio show. So he decides he would rather blow them all sky high rather than have to face the music and points a gun at 
some stacked up crates of dynamite, fires, but Superman catches the bullet and seals them all up in the cave as he goes to Larimer to meet Jimmy. So in this storyline, we've seen that Superman's faster than a speeding bullet and more powerful than a locomotive earlier when he stopped that train from running over Lois. So he finds out that the train left earlier after making a sweat that whole last episode, not revealing what happened um, with the train that did cross this time, this episode, and flipped the lever and exploded the column. Superman was not in time, but he does fly down and supports the bridge from collapsing. And the train is able to safely cross. And later, in a wrap-up, Jimmy and Perry are talking. Jimmy's recounting this to Perry. And Perry's just incredulous. He can't believe it. Uh, the parts about Superman, that is. And I think uh, having Perry White's definitely a highlight for this episode. And I'm happy to have him in the podcast now. It's great to have some banter between Perry and Jimmy. And Perry in the show was played by Julian Noah. Incidentally, I think Julian Noah would also be a great name for an editor. And for people that might be interested, uh, I might not know this, but Perry White, I believe, was introduced in the radio show, the name Perry White, as well as... Jimmy Olsen was introduced in the radio show. And I want to say the Daily Planet name was also the radio show. Because in the comics, when they... The Golden Age comics, prior to the radio show coming out, I know it was called the Daily Star. And there was an editor there named George Taylor. So... We also had Clark come into the scene. So now we have three of our major players. Any Superman project, I want to see Clark. I want to see Jimmy. I want to see Perry. We just don't have Lois on this podcast yet. But they have been all together on the show, the radio radio serial prior to this. Sharing a scene with Clark, Jimmy, and Perry. It has happened plenty of times in the Superman radio serial thus far. It just hasn't happened since I started commentary for Superman Radio Revisited. But we're getting there. And I just wanted to say how Superman... In the beginning of the Superman radio serial, he was treated like an urban legend, and he always tried to stay out of the public eye, but Lois has been caught by him when she fell out of a plane, and she's seen him. Jimmy has seen him, so it seems like Perry needs some convincing, and his legend is definitely growing, and in the underworld as well, 
they must be the criminal community must be talking and because one of those guys I think said hey I know who he is he's Superman and it seems like Perry needs some convincing and Inspector Neely needs some convincing and I wonder if we're going to see Inspector Neely going forward but I did like when Clark came into the scene and Perry was laying into him and saying how they could have got a he could have got a great story if he would have been on the train with Jimmy and why is he letting Jimmy go off by himself and Jimmy was covering for Clark and Perry told him to come into his office and they just kind of were saying, well, we're going to get balled out again. And they were bracing themselves for that. And then we have when Perry notices that he has, sees the Indian symbol for death on his desk and suddenly is stricken by thirst and wants Jimmy to reach for the pitcher. As he does, it shatters into fragments because it has been struck by an arrow. So with that ending, we see that the storylines tend to dovetail into one another, and they do try to make those transitions as seamless as possible. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. And the theme song was Escape from Krypton by Mark Hackenmiller. If interested, all you Twitter heads can follow the show Superman Radio Revisited at Radio Superman. And for all you Facebook heads, there is a page on Facebook. I tell you, I'll not believe in such foolishness. Superman. Ah, super nonsense. Thank you and goodbye.